This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to BQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Aaron Hawksworth, and Jim Rodriguez here with you. And joining us now to talk about a smorgasbord of sports betting is Ben Heisler, host of Benny and the Bets on the KC Sports Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Benny Heis. So, Ben, let's talk about the NBA playoffs and game six. Well, it looks like uh, that Boston has uh, found some fight. They found that inner dog in them, so to speak. Uh, Yet at the same time, you can't necessarily look at these games in a vacuum and say, all right, well, just win today and then just win game seven and that's it. At some point, Miami should have a hot shooting performance and Boston should in all likelihood get cold at some point. Is that going to happen in game six? Or is this something where Boston really can make history? They can try to make history. I think the issue then becomes whether or not you buy into Boston going back on the road and repeating the type of shooting performance that we've seen the last couple weeks, or last couple games, I should say. In game five, it just felt from the get-go. And I think a lot of the Sharps and a lot of you guys were on this too, that when you saw the number come out anywhere around seven, seven and a half, it was a pretty clear indication that there was a sense of belief that Boston for whatever reason, was going to start shooting well. But what we've also seen is that when they shoot the ball well, especially from downtown, the defensive numbers get better. Think about all the turnovers that they forced Miami uh, in Game 5. That's that's not conducive to what we're typically used to seeing from the Heat, except for the regular season. So now that you're looking at the number right now, which is anywhere between 2.5 and, and 3, I think if you kind of go like from from this perspective, either you're buying Boston to come back and win this series, right? Because then you're forcing a game seven and then you take a look at at the Celtics overall from a series perspective. You still take them at the plus value there. Or you look at Miami on the money line at home because Boston throughout the course of both the regular season as well as the postseason, they, they don't win close games. That's where the Heat have really been able to take advantage. If I'm going to go and bet Miami, which is where I'm likely headed in this series, I, I'd rather take them at you know plus 133 on the money line rather than get a couple points here and there on the spread. Because if it's going to be close, that favors Miami. If Boston plays the way that they're capable of, then they're going to go ahead and blow them out once again. So I like Miami on the money line because I do think you'll see the adjustments necessary. You've seen a couple game sample of Boston shooting lights out. And when things don't go their way, that's when Miami can really start to punch back. 
Sorry, was confused here. You know, who's going next? My bad for the awkward pause. <laughs> yeah, I just thought I, so left, we I, were... just thought I left you guys speechless. I thought I thought I made I, was, I, was, I was deep in thought there, Ben. I know. Yeah, no, I mean, your outfit today left me speechless. It just screams, I'm ready for Memorial Day weekend. I'm loving <laughs> the vibes. Like, where's the barbecue at with Benny? Um, we were talking about at what point do you hit the panic button if the Celtics start to turn this around? If they win game six, do you think this is all but over for the Heat? I don't. Only because I think when it comes to this type of series, Miami's made adjustments, right? Like the, the two games in which they've lost have been games where they've just been outplayed and out talented. We know Boston is the more talented team, but Miami, if you give them an opportunity to scheme up something out of a timeout, to keep it close, uh, to get to the foul line, they've been that team in the first three games of the series. And that's been the key difference here. So that's why I would never rule out Miami, especially even in a game seven on the road. Um, I look at it from the perspective of if they do go into a game seven, yeah, Boston's more likely to win that series back at home. But I also think Miami, based on like game seven historical trends being more low scoring, defensive oriented, in a sense, that kind of favors Miami. So I'm not looking at it as a one and done type spot. I, I just look at it from a value perspective, right? Like if I'm going to go ahead and believe that Boston comes back and win this series, to me, the value is on betting them to win the series as opposed to, you know, the game tonight. I think that's where you're going to get better value on the board. And with Miami, you're still getting them tonight if you think the series ends tonight at plus value. That's that's really where I think this lies. And I do think Miami back at home, if they frustrate Tatum, um, if Brown isn't able to get going. And remember, Miami, too, is, is dealing with some, some injury concerns as well. Um, that, I, I just like their ability to adjust, especially if it becomes a more defensive-oriented game. Ben, I live in Miami, so I'm always I gotta you know get through all the heat and five bros, you know between I, I got I gotta get through all that mush out of the way. But I will say this: I'm a big fan of totals, and this these and I get it as a series goes on, the total gets creeping down, and it's two eleven and a half right now. Are you buying two eleven and a half? I mean, I they're begging me to take the over and another one. Jimmy Butler total points twenty eight and a half. I I, I said it here. They're gonna he's gonna have to be playoff Jimmy. I think to win the game. So I'm thinking over two eleven and a half and over twenty eight and a half for Jimmy. Yeah, I, I don't mind it. I, I think the concern is that this number opened at two thirteen and a half and has already worked its way down to two eleven and even two ten point five at some books. I I don't know. I I think if you're approaching the total. If you like the over, that you might want to jump in early because I do think as the game goes on, you're going to start to see it be a little bit more physical. Um, I I do think both teams, especially what we saw in the first quarter uh, in game five, you saw Boston really push pace. And and Miami, that was part of the issue with their turnovers. They they got some buckets, but they were willing to go at Boston's pace. And I think the question then becomes – if you're buying in Miami in game six, are they going to push the pace as well? Are they going to get the open looks that they need? Um, is Martin going to be able to, to shoot the ball that he has been all throughout the course of this series? And he's been remarkable, especially from three, uh, as has Derek White. When do you see him getting into the rotation? Is it going to be earlier if Boston starts to struggle? So 
I, I kind of look at the total, especially later in these series, is that if you like the over, you might want to go ahead and jump on it from the get-go. But if you like the under, kind of let the handful of those first five, six, seven minutes before you start to see the rotations come in. And more than likely, that's when you're going to start to see better defense, especially as the game goes on. So I, I, I like your call. I, I think you go over early and then let that number rise and try and get the under. Maybe you can even uh, you know, middle it a little bit as well. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The other side of that, too, is we tend to see more iso ball later in NBA games in general, and especially as this series uh, has worn on. You know, it's Jason Tatum versus Jimmy Butler. Uh, it's one of those things where maybe, like, under-assist props, if I find the right one, might make a lot of sense. One thing I've also talked about is – if you are backing Miami, I wonder if there's a steals prop that stands out to you because Miami will be peskier defensively, and that's probably why they would win that basketball game in the first place. What about that approach, you think? Yeah, I, I think it makes total sense, especially – here's here's sort of the fun part about – we're all, we're all talking about it, all these different preset numbers, and, and rightfully so. That's where uh, the course of, of most betters are likely going to go here. But I think to what you just said brings up a really noteworthy point. A lot of these props are available to bet mid-game. So if all of a sudden you mm -hmm. see more back-and-forth basketball, if you see more up-tempo in the first and you're expecting it to slow down in the second, you can take advantage of a much better number. Like if the, all of a sudden there's a steals prop and nobody's hit it yet, all of a sudden you're going to get plus value on it that maybe didn't exist before. So I, I, I think to your point, yes, the more defense in the second half is going to be noteworthy, but I think we have to look at it sometimes differently from a betting perspective that it doesn't necessarily have to be that number at the very beginning. Look for the value in the game. Look for where the trends are starting to go. And if you're able to get a better number a little bit later on because you expect the game to go to a certain way, I think that's another way for us to really start to key in uh, on some good plus numbers uh, as a result of game six and game seven and beyond. So where might you be looking props-wise? I love the Caleb Martin one. I was on it yesterday. I'm tempted to do it again, even though it is juiced, but it it's still at one and a half. So I'm like, gosh, how do you not? Uh, but where are you looking props-wise? Um, I, I think one guy that I continue to find myself gravitating to is Al Horford. Um, I, I think because of his minutes and the likelihood that it's going to be a little bit more defensive oriented, I, I think those rebounding numbers are going to start to go up. Um, he was somebody that I projected at the beginning of the series to maybe even lead everybody in total rebounds. I was able to get that at 30 to one. Hasn't worked out to this point, but right now you're seeing Horford six and a half 
plus 115 at MGM, plus 120 uh, at another book as well. So you're getting really good value, especially as we've talked about, guys. As the series goes on and the defense starts to short run, these are two elite defensive teams. There's going to be more missed shots. Horford's going to find himself more on the floor. I think the value for Horford on the rebounding side uh, really starts to make sense. And then, you know, for somebody like Jalen Brown, um, who was terrific in game five, we're starting to see his point total remain at, at 22 and a half. Um, he's done well the last couple of days. But again, if you're buying into more ISO ball, more Jason Tatum being able to take over and more contested shots for Jalen Brown. Um, I, I think this is probably a game, especially in Miami for game six, that maybe you fade him on that line. And you're starting to see a little bit more movement in that direction, but there's still good value on the board. Uh, minus 105 at one book. Um, I believe BetMGM. That's where you can have it. Actually, that might be the best line currently on the board for Jalen Brown at under 22 and a half at minus 105. So yeah, I, I like the under for Brown points and then for rebounds for Horford. Uh, I, I think there's another good opportunity there as well on the over. I love it. So that's Saturday. Today is Friday, and there's plenty of action today, Benny. So let's talk about a little MLB Memorial Day weekend action. What do you, I mean, I'm going to be watching Dodgers Rays. I think that's the best series of the weekend for me. What do you got going on this weekend? What are you looking for to put a little action on? Yeah, let's let's start with the early afternoon game to to really kick off uh, Memorial Day weekend, uh, and and that's my Chicago Cubs at home against the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, underrated pitching matchup with Hunter Green going up against the uh, NL war leader for pitchers in Justin Steele, which I, I don't think a lot of us saw coming, even though we saw Steele be one of the best pitchers in baseball since the second half of last season. Um, Hunter Green is projected for seven and a half strikeouts against the Cubs team that's been hot and cold on offense. You got the wind blowing in at 10 miles an hour at Wrigley. Uh, give me the under three and a half runs for the first five innings. Uh, between two starters where, yeah, Green's been a little bit up and down, but uh, weather conditions are in his favor. Cubs have had a couple good games against the Mets, went right back to that inconsistent offense last night in that 10-1 to loss. Um, it, just two pitchers that are going to be very hard to pick up in the middle of the day. So I like the under three and a half runs in that matchup. Uh, and let's go with the player prop in uh, Toronto at Minnesota. George Springer uh, with a really good opportunity for a struggling Blue Jays team that needs to find a spark. He's at the top of the lineup. Really good matchup for him. I like the over one and a half total bases for him at plus 105. You can get him for an anytime home run today at plus 600. He's also hit two home runs this week. Uh, and also, if you, if you look at the Blue Jays' schedule, guys, collectively, yeah, they've been bad and they were high expectations. But think about who they've played over the last week and a half, two weeks. Braves, Yankees, Orioles, Rays, a lot of those games on the road. They're continuing in Minnesota. And it's a plus matchup against Louis Varland really bad numbers as far as giving up home runs this year over 2.25 home runs per nine innings so from the mlb side th those are a couple that i like as well and if i have time to give you one other wnba play tonight go ahead and, and sure. let's take the mystics minus four and a half on the road against the sky uh, i just look at washington oh, as a team that's gotten up to what, what's that i just bet them to win the whole thing this week so i'm on board <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I, I'm on the I'm on Washington as well. One of one of the two teams that I think uh, could surprise at, at plus fifteen hundred. They're they're a really good team and just haven't gotten off to the hot start that maybe a lot of it a lot of us anticipated. Uh, meanwhile, you have a Sky team that was projected to be arguably the second worst team in the WNBA. They're off to a two and zero start. You're just getting a good number here at minus four and a half 
Washington still has good numbers. They're still second in the WNBA in free throw percentage. Uh, Elena Deladon, that's a huge part of her game. And part of the reason she was so pissed off in the previous game, because she wasn't getting the calls and she's an elite foul shooter. I I like the fact that it's going to be in the back of the mind for a lot of these officials. Um, And Washington needs a a bit of a spark right now. It's also a revenge game for her. And you can still get this game at minus four and a half at BetMGM. Most of the other books already have this at five and a half for Washington. So uh, let's take the Mystics on the road in Chicago tonight to, to get themselves to two and two on the year. A little less than a minute left here, Benny. Uh, I'm tailing a lot of what you're saying. Love the insights here. But I feel like we're going to disagree when I ask you, when it comes to the NFL, who is your long shot division winner in the NFC? So I know we only got a minute, but I, I have to shout out my, my good friend, Adam Rosenberg, who I believe is also a friend of the show, uh, who kind of put this on my radar in the first place. I, I think the Rams are live to win this division in the NFC West. Oh, plus right? 49ers, let's talk about this for a second. Let's have an objective look at this as quickly as we can. Sure. So obviously, first year without D'Amico Ryans, uh, could be Sam Darnold starting the season until Brock Purdy is healthy. And remember, the sample size for Purdy is impressive, but it's also very limited. Then there's Seattle. Mm-hmm. Obviously another great draft, but we're also anticipating that Gino's going to look like the 2022 version of himself. He's a high regression candidate. They drafted another high running back high after Ken Walker last year. Just something feels a little bit off to me with Seattle. And then the Cardinals are in a full-on rebuild. The Rams are going to get Stafford back. When he is healthy, he's the best quarterback in this division. Cooper Cup is going to be back healthy. The defense still has key playmakers. You can make the argument that they're moving on from Jalen Ramsey at a key time as he starts to go into the twilight of his career. They shouldn't be the favorite, but plus 700, uh, given all the other issues with the 49ers and possibly even the Seahawks as well, there's parity in the NFL every year, folks. And then if you have those two players in Stafford and Cup look like you saw them from the last couple of years, they could certainly make some noise, and they have a very good coach in McVay. Not a great covering coach, but a good coach nonetheless. I think 700 is way too high. Okay. All right. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> ben Heisler, host of Benny and the Bats on KC Sports Network. Make sure to follow him at Benny Heisler. The insights are amazing. 95% of the time, you should definitely tail him. So that's that's for sure. Ben, thank you so much. We greatly <laughs> oh. appreciate it. Have a great weekend, guys. Great to see you. Hey, buddy. (laughs) This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, are we finally going to get to nickel or dime right here on the BetQL Network?